Welcome to You Heard Me Right, a podcast that brings people together through creativity, collaboration, and colorful conversation. I'm your host, Casey. On this episode, we experience firsthand how the power of the arts can form connections between very different worlds. As a reminder, here's how the show works. We give a writer a theme and they have two weeks to let that topic inspire a creative written response. That written piece is then given to two different audio artists who interpret the story using sound. After that, we all come together and discuss the creation process and the world we live in. The theme for today's episode is Total Silence. In order to prepare for listening to today's artistic responses, I will first need for you to listen very intently to these messages. And now introducing our guest writer, Chris. My name is Chris Purdy, and I am the manager of Veterans for American Ideals, a project of Human Rights First. And we are a group of veterans around the country that advance the goals of human rights in our communities. So my first thought about writing this piece, uh, the first thing that came to mind was one, you know, how, do, how does one write a piece about total silence? That seemed kind of, well, both challenging and also, I don't know, kind of intuitive. And then, you know, my second thought went to um, the song Four Minutes and 33 Seconds by John Cage, where, you know, it's just uh, uh, someone sitting at a piano without playing it. And, you know, you're hearing all of the ambient, um, you know, noise in the background, the, the, you know, the air conditioner, the light flickering, someone, you know, sniffling, you know, a car in the background. And, the, that, and then that is the sound. And I was like, how do I capture something like that in my own life? I don't know. I kind of just, I thought that was my own little four minutes and 33 seconds of, in my life. Chris will now read his personal essay entitled Walk in the Dark. The walk from the trailer to the chow hall was nearly a mile if you followed the path through the concrete barriers that were built to protect against incoming mortar fire. You had to go through a winding maze of sleeping quarters and shower huts crammed between ten-foot-tall stone walls. Coming back from a mission, when you were exhausted and hungry, the last thing you wanted to do was to navigate through a labyrinth of noxious living areas and overflowing filth. You wanted to feel normal and fast. So if you were willing to risk leaving the protection of the fortified living area, you could cut that distance by more than half by walking through open ground directly to the dining facility, or defect it was called. On most nights, and it was always nights because that's when you worked, it was too hot otherwise. The walk across the field was so quiet and tranquil, you might as well have been back home on a hike. It was an expansive void where the lights from the living areas were blocked out by the walls and you could see every star in the galaxy. In the fall sky, the constellation Draco would light up the path past a bombed-out building that doubled as a latrine. It would lead you, winding through rubble, sand sliding underfoot, alone towards the only place that made you feel normal, like you're a real person. Walking, sometimes you would run into a friend and stroll along quietly before going your separate ways. Sometimes uh, the mortar siren would pierce the vacuum of the night air and you'd run for the nearest stone or dip in the ground for cover, knowing that the open field provided no protection. But most days, you walked alone, in silence, trying to get to your destination, just waiting for it to be over. 
We feel so honored to have Chris's unique perspective on the podcast, and I would encourage you to check out the amazing service that Veterans for American Ideals provides. After we shared Chris's essay with our two audio artists, we could not wait to hear what the silence sounded like to them. Ooh. First up is Searsha. Hey, I'm Searsha. I am a retro pop wave artist, producer, composer, and content creator based in Atlanta, Georgia. I was so fascinated by the whole idea of writing a piece of music um, or some kind of sound design based on someone else's writing, on someone else's perspective. And I've worked on some projects where I take found sounds and kind of build a song or a soundscape around them. I've worked on projects that kind of draw more from memory or um, travel experiences. And so this seemed like a cool opportunity to take a similar approach, but with someone else's words, with someone else's story and experience. So I was fascinated and really excited. Saoirse's musical response is called Crept Breath. Folksy, minimal, evocative, a little dissonant in places. It's all like, we're walking, kind of mysterious. I'm so there with you, Saoirse. Anywho, let me be totally silent yet again so that you can hear from our second audio artist, Dante. What is up, beautiful people? My name is Dante Hodge. I'm an audio engineer. I call myself an entertainment professional, but... By way of audio engineering, I've found all these things that I happen to love. So production, you know, producing podcasts, editing, mixing music. You know, I I just love the entertainment business and all facets of it. So that's me. When I first read the piece, I didn't want to not give it 100 because I'm extremely hard on myself and super critical of everything that I do. So the last thing I wanted to do was do something, not really like it as much as I should, and then have to live with the fact that it's out there. So I was just like, oh, what do I do? Let me take some time with this. Let me, you know, really try to digest what this is. 
and just kind of let it flow, you know, let it flow, let it feel natural and not forced. Dante's composition is entitled A Walk to Freedom. A long walk in Dante's world gave me like a futuristic vibe with just a hint of tropical flavor. I just feel like my imagination has been transported to three completely different places. And I'm just sitting here. If you feel like you need to take a quick stroll to further reflect upon all that you've just heard, make it snappy because you won't want to miss what happens when creative worlds collide right after this. We are back. You have just heard the artistic responses to the theme, Total Silence. All three of our guest artists made the journey out to the treehouse, which is the code name for our outdoor recording safe haven during a global pandemic. Please enjoy the group conversation scored by the sounds of nature. Hey, Chris and Saoirse and Dante. Thank you all for being here. You're actually our second shoot of the day. And can I just start out by saying the weather right now is gorgeous. It's like, this is the perfect time to do this, too. It is. We, we got the good time slot, I, know. I feel like. I know. I was a little salty about not being the first, but now I feel good about it. It's like golden hour almost. Not quite, but we'll take it. Well, I think golden hour and the sun starting to set is a perfect time to discuss walk in the dark. Chris, <laughs> what are your thoughts about the audio responses to your essay? Yeah, I mean, I think the fr- I, uh, the first piece I thought was very like, I mean, I like the soft music like that, like like I don't know, maybe lo-fi is not the word, but I like that 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 style of of uh, of, of music just as a person on a personal level. And it did kind of remind me of like, you know, desert sunsets and, um, you know, solitary uh, kind of thinking. The there, I think in the first piece there was um, um, like a plane sound or something like that. 
The second one um, was really interesting because, you know, the first piece evoked sunsets for me. Uh, and the second piece evoked, like, darkness and, you know, walking alone through the darkness. Um, and uh, there uh, was, I think, like a sharp kind of break in there and that kind of was jarring. My, I don't know, my, my mind kind of was kind of caught off guard by that, um, which I guess is kind of appropriate given the kind of the theme that I was going, or the, the, the way I was going forward with my piece. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they both had really good elements. Cool. You know. Yeah, I, I got the privilege of hearing your piece first, Dante, and yeah. that was one of the things that really struck me was we both use these um, ambient sounds right. to create some atmosphere um, and that tension and release was definitely there. That interplay between that scene um, that Chris described of right. being out walking but still having in the back of your mind going back to the camp mm -hmm. and the bombers and just right. all of that interplay and I think sonically there's a lot of cool similarities in how we right. watched it yeah I picked that up too because what's interesting is when I first started on the piece I was wondering if I was interpreting it the wrong way um and as I played with it and I read it more and read it over and over again. I was like, okay, I think I see what Chris is trying to get across. Mm. You know, I, I saw the tension. So at first, I just had that first piece. And then I added like that that distorted scent at the end. Because I was like, there has to be that thing that just sounds like, what is this in there? Mm -hmm. You know, and then the ambient sounds. Like when I heard that on yours, like I kind of smiled on the inside. I was just like, it's interesting how we both kind of ended up at that place yes. you know because I added that at the last minute too I, I was at the studio and I was like it just need I just feel like it needs that and that was just me literally walking around in the, in the booth you know and just just doing like stuff just dragging my feet and yes. you know I'm, I'm happy with the way it came out and and hearing yours kind of gave me that confirmation of okay I think I at least went in the right direction of course I think you knocked it out of the park you know but yeah yeah that's so kind very <laughs> mutual feeling when i heard the footsteps i was like oh, man i thought about doing footsteps right. and i was like eh, i'm not gonna do the footsteps i wish i would i i, I love how you used oh, thank you. the the foley there yeah. and let me ask you this are that's that's for real instrumentation yes okay. i played um, I had, for some reason, I gravitated towards guitar yeah. for this track. I think I was imagining, and I want to know what you were seeing in your mind reading Chris's piece, but I was imagining being in the desert. Mm. And that put me, I thought, what instrument would I have out here? And it yeah. would be my guitar. So I just picked up my acoustic and started there. Yeah. And um, we both have some keys in there, mm -hmm. I think. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, with kind of a similar tonality in, right. in a way, which is really interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, um, I love your perspective on the the desert. I did not see that. I, I was actually picturing like him walking through a city. So <sighs> yeah, that's why I wanted it to sound a lot more synthy and computer mm -hmm. more than anything. So, but I, I do see your perspective, and I love your perspective. You know, cool. Um, I, I think that's really dope. You know, I'm kind of wishing, I mean, I only play the piano, but I wish I had got like some 
some real keys in there now because everything was just electronic. So listening to yours, I'm like, man, I wish I had like did this, did that. Oh, so well, to so be thank clear, you for inspiring that. It is a VST though. Oh, that, it was yeah, a VST. Yeah. Oh, that's that's <laughs> it's a good adjective, adjective keys. Ah, uh, so even being someone who produces things, engineers all the time, I was very nervous when I got the piece. So I'm curious, Chris. How did you feel as someone not necessarily a writer, even though I think you killed it? Nicely done. How did you feel about it? Like, were you nervous? Did you have apprehensions? Did you think about backing out? What were your thoughts? Um, no, I don't know that I'm... I mean, I guess what were my thoughts on this is interesting. Um, I know that you've been working on this project for a while, and I was really excited to you know, see this come to fruition. And I was honored that you asked me, um, in my work, um, you know, essentially as a lobbyist or as an advocate for human rights, you know, I do have to spend a lot of time creatively telling a story about, um, refugees and about why, you know, veterans should care about human rights, mm, okay. you know? So I grew up as a Marine Corps brat and, um, my father was actually in the first Gulf War and he did not develop the photos that he took while he was there until I was a teenager. Huh, wow, okay. Um, so with that in the back of my mind, I wanted to ask you if it was difficult for you to express yourself in writing. Yeah, I mean, I think you always feel vulnerable when you want to, or when you're, when you're asked to, uh, talk about an experience that you have, um, especially like you know, you're writing a piece and, um, you know, people are going to read that and they're going to think a certain way about you, or they're going to have these preconceptions about who you are as a person. Um, yeah, I think that, that is always there, but I don't know. Um, I've had enough people like, you know, yell at me or <laughs> try to make me feel bad in my life that like, all right, if you didn't like the piece, like whatever, I, my dog still loves me. So, <laughs> you know, I was, I was anxious about writing something about my time in Iraq because I think you know, people who haven't served in that area have this idea that it's like all action all the time. And it's, you know, it's really super dangerous and, you know, people come back and they're broken from their experiences. And yeah, I mean, that like, there is an element of that, but I was, I don't know. I wanted to, I was anxious. If, if anything I was anxious about is it would, would an artist be able to, um, kind of see through that easy out to make like a Rambo style piece and think, be a little more thoughtful and like what it actually is like to be in a combat environment and in, in, in a, a war zone. Um, and, uh, to kind of pick up on the nuances, um, uh, of, of that, you know. Mm. I definitely had some, I don't want to say anxiety. I think that's oh, maybe overhyping it, but it's, I took some pause. There was some hesitation for me around, am I doing what's expected for, <laughs> am I going to walk in and, and um, my other soundie is going to have this, like, I don't know, radio commercial or jingle or and and the contrast is going to be so great right. that it's going to be hard to to talk about yeah. you know what our interpretations but I think that's one of the things 
as a creative, you've just got to set that aside and dig into your own authentic interpretation of something. Um, so it was a really cool exercise in that sense, yeah. having to get over that initial hurdle right. for me. Yeah. So for me, I was, I feel exactly the same. I was so nervous. I was like, because I haven't produced anything in a while, I've been mostly engineering and, and stuff like that. So to even, I use logic to do this. So mm. to open up logic, I was like, where do I start? What do I do? I haven't done this in so long. So I was just, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Like it even took me a few days before I actually really got to it because same. I was just like, is is Chris going to hear this? I mean, I didn't know it was Chris at the time, but I was like, is is the writer going to hear this and be like, this is terrible. This <laughs> sounds like nothing that should go along with my amazing piece. So I was I was really nervous about it. But, you know, as I did it, as I as I lived with it and I didn't you know, I, I was wondering if I should get some opinions on it. Mm. And, and I kind of stayed away from that because I kind of wanted to keep it as my own interpretation. So as I lived with it, as I played with it, I reread the piece. I kind of started feeling more comfortable. And, you know, as I got into logic and I started doing things again, it kind of came back like muscle memory. Mm. And I felt better about it. And now coming here and speaking to you, Sersha, I just feel a lot more comfortable because I see that while I think your piece is... 10 times better than mine no. I feel like we at least had the same thought process you know so, yes. so that's cool so Sersha the 92nd cap did you find that it helped you or did it scare you what was your approach as it relates to that I was definitely surprised when I first saw the limit yeah and I think if I would have had let's say three to four minutes I would have gone with a more traditional song structure. So the cap was really cool in that I decided to tap into more of my compositional skill set yeah. and think about scoring the scene that was happening right. that Chris was describing. So in the end, it really ended up being a limit that allowed me to expand my creativity into a different lane which is cool yeah i agree because i mean coming from a music background nothing is ever shorter than maybe two and a half minutes mm -hmm. right so i was like i'm accustomed to you know songs having parts it going somewhere coming back to another place so i was just like i've never created created anything that's 90 seconds you know so it was a great challenge and i think it kind of stopped me from probably overthinking it because mm. If, if it was longer than that, I would have wanted parts, it doing this, it coming back here. So yep. I agree. I agree. That's a great point. Yeah. I'll be the first to tell you, I don't know much about art or I am not the most, uh, I don't appreciate a lot of the, 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 um, the talents I think that people give just because I don't understand it, but that doesn't mean and I think this is a, a thing that our society in general needs to work on. Just because one doesn't understand a thing doesn't mean that one can't um, value its contribution to society. Mm. Um, and art has a major contribution. It's expressive. It, it'll, it, it, it offers an outlet. It allows people to express things that they otherwise wouldn't in a real, raw, you know, emotive way. Yeah, and, and, and that's why I think this podcast is so amazing because... You know, it's it's making us have conversations in a different way. And it's it's exposing the fact that we are more alike than we think, you know, because 
we were able to tap into some of the same things. Mm -hmm. And while the pieces were different, the thought process and even some of the elements were very similar, you know, so I think that's so cool. So in this piece that we were responding to, we both ended up imagining a character in a certain location in a scene. So for me, it was the desert and you were imagining kind of a futuristic cityscape. Yeah. Uh, Is there a place where you, whether it's real or imagined, is there a place that you go to to get to that sense of peace um, where the, where silence is a welcome uh, respite. Uh, well, um, I there's two places I think that come to mind. I love uh, Rincon, Puerto Rico, which is on the western part of the island, and it's I I have already I think <laughs> booked an Airbnb for next summer. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> um, we'll be able to. Hopefully, we can be able to go. Yeah. The other place is um, is Spain. I really do like Spain. I, I lived there for a year, and so I try to go back um, as much as possible. The uh, the eastern part of the country, Valencia and Barcelona, and um, and that um, I'd like to I'd like to go back um, to there. So yes, the the one place I can think of like right off the bat is back home. I'm from the British Virgin Islands, so. You know, I just think about being on the beach, you know, being on the beach. You took mine. I I did, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just being on the beach and and specifically being on the beach because where my grandma lives back home, it's right across from the beach. So being at the beach, grandma's in the house baking something. I can smell that while I'm on the beach, feet in the sand, you know, just looking out at the sunset because I love sunsets. Like that's, you know, when I need to recharge, when I need to refresh you know, that's that's what I think of and that's where I want to go. So, yeah, what about you? I love it. I have to say the beach as well. So a lot of the interpretation of my interpretation of Chris's piece comes from growing up as a Marine Corps brat. And we spent about five years in Okinawa, Japan, um, and actually um, Hawaii, Kaneohe Bay as well when I was a little kid. And my memories of the beach are just so strong and so fond that any beach or really anywhere that I can be by water, that's my recharge space. Yeah. I I love a good beach vacation, like, and especially a beach where there's like nobody there. So it's just like, don't, don't talk to me, people. Like, I just want to sit here <laughs> and drink my Captain and Coke and just yeah. go swimming. That's what I want to do. Well then, Chris, I'm surprised that you didn't write about the total silence that you enjoy on your beach vacations. <laughs> <laughs> and much like your artistic responses, this conversation has been quite the journey. Yes. <laughs> New episodes of You Heard Me Right will be dropping weekly on Thursdays. So make sure to follow, subscribe, share with your friends, share with your enemies. Maybe if they like the podcast, you won't be enemies anymore. That'd be kind of nice. So, yeah, I guess meet us back here next week. We're a theatrical director, film and television composer and master percussionist. We'll tackle a theme that can have many meanings because it's a homograph. We'll hear you later. You 
You Heard Me Right is a Spotify Sound Up original series and was workshopped as part of the Sound Up Accelerator program at Spotify headquarters in New York City. From Could Be Pretty Cool Productions, this episode was produced and edited by Casey Willis with help from Cooper Skinner and Jacob McCoy. Mixing and sound design by Cooper Skinner. Our executive producers are Casey Willis, Cooper Skinner, and Lexi McKay. Our writer and story editor is Caroline Baxter, and our production accountant is Simone Brown. Special thanks to Greg at Listen Up Audio, Kanye Willis, Remy, and Bima. From Spotify, executive producers Gina Delvac, Baron Farmer, Natalie Taluk, and Jane Zumwalt. For more information about today's guest artists, visit us at herdrightpod.com or follow us on IG at herdrightpod. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.